just uh, we just invite you in this morning. Lord, we want to be good listeners in this moment right now. Lord, you may be imparting a word to somebody. You may be imparting a picture. Something that's prophetic. Lord, we know that worship is a weapon. We use that weapon to cut through the flesh. This morning, the, the flesh has been cut through. Father, when you speak, we want to hear what you're saying. So right now, Lord, we listen. this place and have it each one of these individuals Lord as sons and daughters of the most high God Father we thank you for that we thank you that that is real Father we need you to be here more of your spirit Father more of it come on come on Jesus come on yeah Father we love you we thank you we ask for you to inhabit this place in Jesus name Everybody said, Amen. You can Yes, Jesus. Yes, Father. So the Lord is. Um, let me start by saying this. We have Eases on the outside of the building. Sorry. I'm ringing there. <laughs> Jesus is uh, not on the outside of the building yet. It's on a flag out there that we have posted into the, the ground. But that name means healing. And if that's not what's happening on the inside, we should take that sign down. And so this morning, I just want to, to say that the Lord's going to do some healing this morning. I don't know what it's going to look like. Physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. We need that. Um, but we're going to let the Lord lead lead that lead us into that. Um, I do know that it that we we had Rick get up last service and he he gave kind of the uh, a great bookend to the to the message and I'm going to have him do that again this service. I just want you guys to get ready for that. That uh, well, asking you to get ready for life changing events isn't necessarily something that the Lord asks you to do. <laughs> so I'm not going to ask you to get ready for it. Just be willing. Amen. Appreciate you guys being here this morning. Um, before we jump in, keep praying for this East Coast. It's getting hit by this hurricane. I know Haiti's been messed up and the death toll down there keeps rising. And so what we want to do is continually be in prayer for those uh, families down there that are getting affected by that. Because you know, it just it kind of gets under my skin when you, you're on social media and you see people saying, um, I'm going to send good vibes. What? Good vibes don't save anybody's life. They don't change anything. When you pray the power of Jesus into a place, that's what changes something. And so that's just one of those things, random pastor, cork. I just don't like when people say that because it doesn't mean anything. So we, we will be a praying church for that area down there. So just continue to do that. And we're we're gonna continue to jump into to Nehemiah here, chapter twelve. And we're we're skipping the first little bit of chapter twelve and we're we're going all the way to verse twenty seven. And I'm gonna read verses twenty seven through thirty this morning. That's gonna be our text, but I'm really pulling out just one word. And it's within the first uh let's see here. First four words. And it's this word that we see up here on the uh, screen, dedication. And uh, to speak about this word, 
we, start, we first have to understand the definition of it. I'm going to kind of recap just a little bit to bring us up to speed. Last, last Sunday, to be honest with you guys, was, it was a big Sunday, at least for me. And I was the one... I was the one preaching the message, but the Lord was speaking as much to me as I hope He was speaking to you about this issue of being sons and daughters. That I cannot ask you as a pastor to lead with the fact that you're a follower of Christ and then your job description comes after that. I can't ask you to do that if you don't know who you are. We got to a place where it's very hard to follow the Lord. Very hard to do what he's asking you to do if you have no clue who you are. And some of us in here walking in last Sunday, I can guarantee, didn't know who we are, who we were. Sometimes I have to remind myself of who I am on the daily. On the daily. We get through chapters 10, 11, and 12 in Nehemiah, and there's all of this the son of this guy, the son of that guy. And before you know it, you're asleep because you've. Read all of these names that you can't pronounce and it's just, it's tough. There's a lot of names in there. But then we get to asking, who are you the son of? Who am I the son of? I can't be a follower of Christ unless I understand that. Number one, I am a son of the Most High God. We are sons and daughters of the man who walked out of the tomb. I don't know how much more we need to like uh, people should be standing up and praising God and flipping pews well don't flip the pews we don't own them yet that'd be bad um, but I'm at the CSU game yesterday and a guy runs five yards and the entire stadium erupts I'm the son of a guy who conquered death can I I mean can I get a can we get something I'm serious this morning can we get something for that come on now it's okay it's okay to be excited about the fact that you are a son and a daughter of the Most High God. To lead with that is what Scripture, I think, asks us to do. Amen? Yeah. To get kind of a little bit of a snapshot of what's going on now, the people in Israel have been through a ton up until this point. Nehemiah arrives on the scene, they build the wall, the wall's finished, they start reestablishing God's government and the people and repopulating Jerusalem. All of that gets finished and we arrive at verse 27 in chapter 12 and it says this, Now at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought out the Levites from all their places to bring them to Jerusalem so that they might celebrate the dedication with gladness, with hymns of thanksgiving and with songs. To the accompaniment of cymbals, harps, and lyres. So the sons of the singers were assembled from the district around Jerusalem and from the villages of the Netophathites, there you go, from Beth Gilgal, and from uh, their fields in Geba and Asmaveth, for the singers uh, had built themselves villages around Jerusalem. The priests of the Levites purified themselves. They also purified the people, the gates, and the wall. Yeah, there we go. A little less ring in there. I like that. Um, so, to be honest with you, as I look at this, these people are having a party now. They got done with what they were doing, what the Lord asked them to do. Build the wall, reestablish uh, the population, uh, reestablish God's government, and it's now time to celebrate. Go back through Nehemiah. There's no time in... This entire book where these people are rejoicing in this manner, where it's songs, where it's dance, where it's um, to the accompaniment of cymbals and, and all that business. You can imagine Jeff back there just on one cymbal, just bang, 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 bang. That's what, hopefully that's what that looks like. <laughs> but they're having a celebration. And that celebration is a dedication of this wall. Now I begin to ask myself the question... Here's the people who have issues, have had issues with following the Lord. The whole reason they went into exile was because the Lord sent prophet after prophet to them. They denied that. And they finally woke up, and we saw that all through chapter 9, that they began to recount their history. But every so often in chapter 9, it says, Lord, we thank you. In short, let me just paraphrase, for not blowing our butts out of the water, <laughs> taking us off this earth, according to your loving kindness 
and your compassion. Now, see, I think there's something there. I really do. We're going to look at this word dedication. Now, dedication in the Greek is pronounced shanaka. And it's C-H-A-N-U-K-K-A-H. And that C-H you gotta kind of got to say with some phlegm. I say that all the time. I just don't like spitting all over the place while I'm preaching. So, But the interpretation of that word is, again, dedication, consecration, initiation. But then we jump into um, a Webster definition of this, which I think is it's interesting. That dedication is a feeling of strong support for or loyalty to someone or something. Okay. Now, sometimes you see at the beginning of songs or the beginning of books, this is dedicated to this person. Dedication is also a message at the beginning of, like I said, a song or a book saying that it was written or is being performed, here we go, in order to honor or express affection for somebody. So here we have these huge words in support of loyalty to, honor, and showing affection towards. Now, with that in mind, as I read this scripture again, the fact that they are dedicating this wall to the Lord, after the process of building, the completion of the wall, and the repopulating of the city, and the reestablishment of God's government, these people move to dedicating or showing support their loyalty to, their honor, and expressing affection to their God. And then I ask myself again, why are they doing that? Anybody in here, have you ever... I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but I think I'm about to. (laughs) Have you ever prayed for something so hard? So hard. The Lord finally gave it to you. And then you found yourself back in the same place praying for the same thing. Amen. <laughs> Specifically because we may have white knuckled that whatever it was. And the Lord said, alright, you're not holding it well. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to pull it back over here. Doesn't mean I'm taking away from you. I'm just going to hold it because you're not ready to hold it. See, we're going to jump into a story in 1 Samuel that talks about a woman's loyalty to her father. Then we're going to jump to a story in Luke 15. And that communicates the father's loyalty to his son. See, there's dedication that we have to uh, portray or step into as followers of Christ from us to our father. But let me ask you this question. How often do you think about how dedicated Christ is to you? How often does that cross your mind? I'll be honest with you, because I've messed up so much in my life, I feel like there's some things I'm just like, Lord, what are you asking me to do here? Why are you using me? Have you ever asked that question? Man, I... There's just... I should not be doing this. (laughs) And he's saying, you know what? I'm going to do a work in you before I do it through you. He said that to Nehemiah. But what he was saying also was that I'm... More dedicated to our relationship, you as my son, than anything else. And I'm going to prove it to you by continuing to work in you over and over and over again. Are you guys with me this morning? Yes, amen. Alright. I just don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But let me ask you this question. What are you dedicated to? Think about that. You may be answering the question, well, I'm dedicated to my wife, and dedicated to my kids, and sometimes I don't want to be dedicated to my kids because they're crazy. They just make me want to, okay, we won't go down that road, all right? But you're dedicated to them. And is that person or thing worthy, think about this, of your dedication? You give loyalty, you give support, you give honor, and you can show affection. What you're pouring that into, is it worthy of that? Because I'll tell you what, there's some things in my life that it's like, you need to cut that one off. Because it's just not worth it. You guys with me on that? But what makes it worth it? These two stories, I believe, is what shows us what makes it worth it. 
The Lord is asking us to be dedicated to Him. But He's asking for us to receive the fact that He is dedicated to us. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes that's a hard one to swallow. But because you are a son, because you are a daughter, because we looked at that last week, that's why He's dedicated to you. And I just want to bring to light what that looks like in Scripture. So if we can turn over to 1 Samuel. If you've heard this story before, this is the story of Hannah. Uh, And I love this. Because Hannah is the epitome of pouring herself out for something that she wanted so unbelievably bad. Now, the story goes all through... First Samuel, the first chapter, the second chapter, um, halfway through the second chapter. But to paraphrase this in short, I'm going to read some of this. But so you can get a snapshot of what's going on here, Hannah is unable to have children. And it says in Scripture that the Lord closed her womb. Now, she, uh, the, the, the other wife of the family, if you will, would ridicule her for being barren. Pretty much. Because this woman, if she stood downwind of her husband, got pregnant. It was just easy. (laughs) But for Hannah, whatever, it just didn't happen. And this woman, uh, this messed with her on a a deep scale. And I, I, I can relate to something of an emotional significance getting at me on a deep scale. Everyone in here can relate to that. All right. So what did she do? She got on her face. She got on her face and she prayed. And Eli, a priest at the time, watched this woman pray. And he thought that she was drunk. Because she was praying so hard, her her lips were moving. Okay? But nothing was coming out. And he says, put your wine away. And her response, I love it. She says, my Lord, and I'll read it here. If I can jump to it real quick. Oh, sorry. I should have had this marked. Um, Verse 14. Then Eli said to her, How long will you make yourself drunk? Put away your wine from you. But Hannah replied, No, my lord, I am a woman oppressed in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant as a worthless woman. For I have spoken until now out of my great concern and provocation. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace and may the God of Israel grant your petition that you have asked of him. She said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate and her face was no longer sad. This woman got after it. All right. Now skip to verse 20 says this, it came about in due time after Hannah had conceived. She had a son. That she gave birth to a son and she named him Samuel saying, because I have asked him of the Lord. Now, jump down to verse 27. And here we're going to see this word again. It says, for this boy I prayed and the Lord has given me my petition, petition which I asked of him. So I have also dedicated him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is dedicated to the Lord. And he worshipped in, yeah, and he worshipped the Lord there. You know what proves your dedication to the Father? Is when he gives you something and you give it right back to him. He gave us this building. But we're never going to make the building it. It has to be about the gift giver and not the gift. What I see in this story of Hannah is is a woman who had every right in the world to snap back at this other wife. To say, God, what are you doing? I'm losing hope. I'm not going to pray for this anymore. Because it's not happening. But the woman continued to be on her knees. And she was dedicated to who she knew her father to be. And that is what took 
precedent over everything else in her life. Do we see that? I mean, do we, anyone, do we see that? Yeah? Yeah? If not, email me. I I don't know if I'll respond. Okay? But I just want to make sure you guys are receiving what's, what's going on here. This paints a picture of our dedication to Christ and kind of the level that it needs to be at. I'll tell you what, first service convicted me. There's some things I just stopped praying for because I didn't think they were going to happen. And the Lord's like, I need you to be desperate. You need to be in prayer to the point where you're so desperate for this, you know that I'm the only one that can make this happen. The only one. Are you desperate? Desperate sometimes doesn't have a good connotation attached to it. Kind of like the word consequences. But i tell you what, there are consequences to obedience. Just as much as there are consequences to disobedience. He's wanting us to be desperate for Him. And I'm asking you that question this morning. Are you? Because dedication is a playing field for sonship. I think I said that the right way. Yeah. So as we as we continue, let's 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 think about the flip side of this. We saw Hannah's dedication towards the to the father. What about the father's dedication to us? And let's turn to Luke 15. And this is where it becomes real for me on a personal level, and I want to share with you why it's so personal. Starting off in verse 11, everyone's probably at least heard this term or this story, and it's the prodigal son. Prodigal son is the story of a man who says, you know what, dad? I'm good. Can you give me everything that is mine? I want to go off and spend it. The father says, sure. Here's all of what is yours as as my son. You're, You're an heir to this. And he takes it and he does just that. He loses it all. He squanders it all. Uh, and I think that there's there's a lot of good preaching material in that part of the, the, the story. And then we, we see that he was in the pigsty, pretty much, eating the same as the pigs. And he came to his senses. I think it says that in verse uh, 17. It says, but when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread, but I am dying here with hunger. His current circumstance, he was convicted by his current circumstance. And what we see next is that he gets up and he turns away from this living. Verse 18, I will get up and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me one of your hired men. So he got up and came to his father. I'm going to stop in the middle of that verse right there. Um, There's something about this story in this kid who gets up out of this pig sty. The representation of that in turning from, I don't know how else to say it, the crap in your life. This boy was in it. And he said, you know what? I'm going to leave that. And he had to get up and he had to turn and walk in a different direction. Now when you remove something from your life, guess what has to come into that spot? The gospel. Jesus. If you put anything else in that, you're going to end up turning from that thing. And I've preached on this before. Turning to something else. That doesn't work. You're going to turn to something else. And before you know it, you've turned to so many different things. You're back on your face in that pigsty. Amen. Does that make sense? Yes. Oh, yes. This boy got up and he was going home. The Lord might be asking you to come home today. To, to, to leave the stuff. But this, is, this isn't where... We see uh, this dedication um, that I'm talking about here. Here we see the next part of verse 20. It says, But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion. What did we talk about all the way through Nehemiah? These people were... uh, they, they, they saw the compassion and loving kindness of the Lord. Specifically because he didn't kill him. 
He didn't wipe them off the face of the earth. So we, this, this is a characteristic of our father. But while, he's, uh, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And this is a big but right here. Verse 22. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fattened calf. Kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. See that to me is a part of the story that I believe needs to receive just as much of attention. That that father had every right, just like Hannah had every right, just like we might have every right in the midst of our pain to react out of that, to handle one another out of our pain. But this father sees his son coming up this road and his only concern was to show him compassion. His only concern was to throw a party because there was contrition in his son's heart. Yes, there was. But the simple fact that he was coming home and how this father reacted to his son shows his father's dedication to the love that he has for his son. Now, the same thing is for you and I. We've messed up in some areas that's like... Um, hopefully this church doesn't start on fire when I walk in. <laughs> we have stuff. You have it. I have it. Everybody's got it. What the Lord is saying is, I'm more dedicated to this relationship than you think, and I want to show you by loving you through this entire process. Don't get me wrong. There's consequences to sin. You'll have to, uh, to deal with those ones. But with Hannah, we saw her dedication to the Lord... But with this father and the prodigal son, we see his dedication to his son. Can you see in your life how the Lord has shown you his dedication to you? That if we were to take this all the way back to what has happened from Nehemiah 1.1 to 12.27. These people finally said yes to the Lord. Nehemiah comes into town. And you guys remember those messages. Opposition after opposition after opposition. Just getting smacked from every direction. Anybody been through that? Ever? Yeah. And they didn't waver. Because they saw what the Lord did through them. And there was a physical manifestation of that in this wall. If you look at Nehemiah 6... Verses 15 and 16, that's where it says the wall was built in 52 days. And all the enemies of Israel realized that God did this. Catch me on that one? That God did that one. The reason these people are even in a place where they can dedicate this wall is because they understand what the Lord brought them through. Do you understand what God has brought you through? To bring you to this point where you're sitting here this Sunday listening to a weird guy speak. Do you realize that? That he is dedicated to you more than you give him credit for. And I opened up this service by saying, Eustace is on the outside of the building. There's healing that should be happening on the inside of the building because that's what that name means. Healing. The Lord wants to restore you back to your relationship with Him at its purest form where you realize and understand and live your life out of, under, uh, out of knowing how dedicated He is to you. That's the part that, uh, that gets, me, gets me going. Because I spend a lot of time raking myself over the goals trying to effort myself into being dedicated to the Lord. And I fail every single day. Everybody in here fails every single day at that one. I don't care who you are. I want to build you up, but I want to be real. Same time, alright? You don't deserve. We don't deserve this dedication. But He gives it 
freely. Do you guys understand what that is? That's the gospel. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. But He gives it. And He wants you to receive it this morning. (laughs) He wants you to receive it every single day. That message last week hyped me up. It did. Monday came. Then second Monday came. Then third Monday came. (laughs) I'm hoping this one, it'll fill you back up. But then, when it fills you back up, let's do this. Let's get rid of that whole come to church on a Sunday and get filled up and then try to last the rest of the week and then come back to Sunday again and get filled up and try to last the rest of the week. Let's get rid of that. You know how we get rid of that? You are a son and daughter of Jesus Christ and He is dedicated to that. Why don't we be dedicated to Him? Come on, come on now, church. I know, I know somebody's listening to me this morning. Yeah? That's that picture that we get through this prodigal son, through Hannah, through Nehemiah, the entire chapter. And we're going to get close to to closing here. But I'm going to start to make some some statements here. That as, as these people in Nehemiah, became aware of God's dedication to them. They surrendered. And as a result of their surrender, they became dedicated to Him. You know what makes giving my dedication to the Lord worth it? To that, whatever it is, worth it? This may sound selfish, but I know I'm getting something in return. And that, that which I am getting from the Lord in return will never, ever uh, be outdone. There is nothing that can overcome that. Or, 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 excuse me, that won't ever be overshadowed. Again, as these people became aware of God's dedication to them, they surrendered. And as a result of their surrender, they became dedicated to the Father. Now here's how this, I'm, I'm hoping that this hits home for you guys this morning. When we accept how far Jesus went for us, and that's a big statement, when you accept that when you accept how far Jesus went for us it's not a dedication to try to pay him back it's not what it is it's a lifestyle of brokenness and thankfulness that's all it is which results in our full and complete dedication to him you guys catch that I'll read that again. When we accept how far Jesus went for us, it's not a dedication to try to pay him back. It's a lifestyle of brokenness and thankfulness, which is a result of our full and complete dedication to him. Again, ladies and gentlemen, that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. We don't deserve it. There's nothing we can do to earn it. But for whatever reason, he continues to give it. And I'm going to ask you this morning, do you want to receive it? Not just if you've never accepted Christ into your life, you'll have a chance for that this morning. But the gospel doesn't stop there. It's interesting. We want restoration aside from the gospel. I want to come in and be filled up at a church service on a Sunday morning. Beck said something earlier in uh, announcements about uh, some things are illegal to preach from the pulpit. It's a weird word, illegal, but here's, here's, here's what it, the comment means, is that I can't experience this for you. You guys, as restoration comes, that happens between you and Christ. You have to experience that. You have to step into that. You have to walk in the gospel every single day. Yes, it was a one and done. Okay, It worked the first time when you asked Christ into your life. But if you want restoration, understanding how dedicated He is to you in the midst of knowing that you don't deserve it, that if you did get what you deserved, we'd all just be done. You can't have restoration without the gospel of Jesus Christ. You chuckle with me this morning. Amen? I don't. So, uh, 
two viewpoints. Hannah, not giving up on the Lord. That's a, that's a, that's, you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> Have you given up on the Lord in some area of your life? Because the, the father who was completely taken advantage of didn't give up on his son. I'll tell you what, as much as we take advantage of the Lord, he's not giving up on us. But I don't want to take advantage of that anymore. Amen? So, before I... Uh, let's get ready for our offering. Um, and get the worship team back up here. And I'm going to bring Rick up here to kind of put a book into this. He approached me this morning and just said, Hey, in my prayer, I feel like I have a word for the congregation this morning. Um... It is good, so just 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 listen. Yeah, so I had to swallow it. Um, you know, it's, I don't know about you, but sometimes you, God just gives you revelation. All right, uh, a lot of times in the bathroom for me, it's really a holy place. All right, uh, for some reason, this morning it was Starbucks. Um, and I read this in Zechariah, Zechariah 9. You, you, just listen to me. All right, just listen to me for a second. Uh, because I had no under, I didn't know where Alex was, was preaching this today. I didn't know the title of the, of the sermon. But it's this, it's this ninth chapter. Uh, and the book of Zechariah is a book where God is showing this man, Zechariah, what's happening behind the scenes of his everyday life. What spiritually, what is happening in the spirit? Because we get so used to looking at things and we just think that's the way they are. But there's something behind it. And he begins to show Zechariah what's behind this restoration God is bringing to these people. That God is bringing them back from captivity and beginning to pour into them his view of what it means to relate to him. And he gets to this piece where he's talking about a perception they have that's blocking the road. And he says this, he says, As for you also, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I have set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to the stronghold, O prisoners, who have the hope. This very day I'm declaring that I will restore double to you. Now this cistern, this pit he's talking about, is a well that has no water in it. And for some of us, we've been in a situation, we've prayed about something for a long time. Or we've had a physical illness for a long time. Or we've had something that as we've taken a look at it, and as we've lived with it, we begin to live around it. And what it does is it what's, what makes that cistern empty is we are without hope. Restoration cannot be experienced from our side without hope. That we get stuck or we have this little piece of our heart that God can't get at because we're disappointed. Right. Or it's something that we've learned to live with and we think, oh God, this must be the way you want it to be. And yet... Underneath it all, we're like Hannah. We're believing God for something we can't make happen. And it's like we can't, uh, that, that hunger won't go away. It's in our hearts. So this morning, I believe, does anybody, does that, does that re- resonate with anybody? Put your hand up. But if, uh, man, I, I got some of that. Okay. And what we're going to do this morning is we're going to pray for each other. Because there's healing in the body of Christ. Does that make sense? Right? If you've ever uh, dropped something on your toe or if you ever hit your hand with a hammer, your whole body is very interested in what's going on. Right? And you may not have come today. You may need more prayer than you want to give. But it's going to go both ways this morning because we're this instrument. So what we're going to do is those people that raised your hands, okay, I want you to put them up in the sky. Again, put them up, man. If this resonated with you at all, okay. And folks, I want you to look around at people with their hands up, and I want you to move toward them right now. 
I just want you to move toward them. You're going to put your hands on them and 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 pray for these people. Uh, don't let anybody be missed out. Is there anybody anybody that's got a hand up? Put your hand up. Just keep it up. Okay, we got we got Mr. Josiah right here. Let's not miss him right here. All right. Ooh, there's a good one there. All right. We've got this young guy right here. Ooh, good one. All right, got it. All right, let's lock and, and it could be more than one person that goes praise for something. That a okay. But what we have to understand first about this is we need to repent first. Because we've let ourselves be dis- disappointed with God, even angry with God. Why would you ask me to do it and there's just there's just no way that this is being resolved? It could be for a child. It could be a relationship. And it's just never been resolved. And so we've stopped praying about it because it's almost like it's like we're saying words we don't believe anymore. We need to repent of that because on our side, to be dedicated to Him, we have to be restored in hope. This is not where people are going to pray for you this morning and really encourage you. This is where, where our job this morning is to receive hope. That hope that allows us to enter into a double restoration. Some of us in here have not even had the, the, the single ice cream cone yet of restoration. God wants to give you the double dip on this one. All right? There you go. So let's just pray together. Father, we just honor you and we thank you for this time. And Father, we know that you're doing this. We know from Alex being prepared to share this with the body. We know, Lord, that you've been working on us for some time. And we're like sick of being sick about this. We are. We're sick of being sick about it, Lord. And what happens is that everything around us doles out, Father, in our hope for our family and our hope for our friends and our ministry to our city. Because, Father, we're stuck in the cistern with no water. And we've described it and we've we've agonized over it. And this morning is not about the cistern. It's about receiving hope from you. That you're not requiring us to have an emotion that says, I want this. What you're asking us to do is receive it from you. Just to put our heart out there and say, Lord, restore my hope. In fact, restore me to your hope about this. And so, Father, we repent, Father, of, and we, we just want to tell you that we've sinned, Lord, of being angry at you and being disappointed in you. And, Father, for our childlike desire to see things work and just having that stomped on by a million circumstances. And so, Father, we repent of that, Father, that keeps us from you, that keeps us living in that cistern as if you're not in there with us. And so, Father, we just come today to say we're sorry, Lord, and we repent of that. Forgive us. And now, Father, we receive from you. We receive from you hope. Just let that hope come. It's not something you have to struggle with. Just let it come. It's a gift to you. And now you have prayers for one another. Man, just just go ahead and, and, and pray for each other and watch God do what he wants to do.
on right now. God, what we want to do to close this morning is we don't ever want to quench the Spirit. We don't ever want to stop you from what you're doing. And Lord, in this moment, as we uh, get prepared just for our offering, Lord, we don't want to we don't want to mess up what you're doing. But Lord, I, I pray that you would bless the offering, bless what gets put in there. And Lord, we're just in the midst of this time, continue to restore us back to you. But I pray that we can give joyfully. We can give understanding who our God is. We can give, Father, knowing it all comes from you. So we love you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. You guys go ahead and pass it. Continue to stay in it, though. Continue to stay in it. sing this song as a benediction I'll come back and release you but let's let's stand to our feet let's, uh, let's just praise the Lord this morning we'll leave one of those offering baskets outside if you had something you wanted to give and didn't get a chance put it right out there but let's stand and let's finish this song filled with wonder awestruck wonder mention of your name, Jesus, your name is power, breath and living water, such a marvelous mystery, oh, glory, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was in this
as we leave this place. Lord, I pray that we take this with us. It's not just a Sunday morning fill-up. Lord, we get fed by the Word every single day. We get fed by the, led by the Spirit every every day. We'll come back with testimonies. That's what Sunday should be, just a testimony of what God did all week. So, Lord, I, I pray for that. Pray for these people. We love you. We thank you. We know that we need you. Work through us. Work in us. In Jesus' name, everybody say, Amen. You guys are free.